You're listening to episode 248 of Outnumber the Podcast, all about bedwetting. We are going to talk specifically about older bedwetters and how to help those kids who struggle to stay dry at night despite your best efforts and how to also keep from going crazy when you're washing sheets nonstop. So let's take a look. Hello and welcome to Outnumbered the Podcast. I'm Audrey. And I'm Bonnie. We are experienced moms to a combined total of 19 children. In our weekly episodes, we explore relatable topics using our perspectives of humor and chaos. Tune in for advice and encouragement to gain more joy in your parenting journey. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to an episode that is pure tactical tips of keeping life a little bit easier as a mom. And we're talking about bedwetting today. Every mom experiences this. For better or for worse, we all go through this season when kids are wetting the bed and we get to clean up the mess. Yay, our favorite. Oh, yes. Alternate title for this episode, How to Wake Up Soaking Wet Even After You're Potty Trained. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We, I have to really, really train my children to, you know, even though we have a baby who's still not potty trained, to not give her a, a, her water bottle in bed or not change her right before she goes to bed because she'll still wake up sobbing wet, you know, eight hours later because they've just filled her so full of fluids. So we're going to talk about all, all kinds of stuff like that. I know. So crazy. Like I... I still will go to the effort of waking a kid up in the night when they're in potty training, wake them up to take them to the bathroom. And I can remember this one time that I was taking my little kid to the bathroom and it was a little boy and it wasn't quite aimed in the right direction. It was dark and I ended up all wet anyway. So I was like, um, okay, fine. <laughs> what was the point here? So gross. <laughs> oh, motherhood, man. So fun. So as we all know, most moms are just thrilled when our kids become potty trained, but the thrill wears off quickly when we realize, oh, generally they're not potty trained at night at the same time. I actually, out of all 10 of my kids, I only had one who was potty trained at daytime and nighttime at the same time. I thought he was just a miracle child. I thought, oh, I'm just that good of a parent. <laughs> he was a fluke. It was my first too. <laughs> he was a fluke. Oh, now, I had one that way too. Yeah. Day, night, everything. And she was really young and I was like, wow, she must be really smart. And then, <laughs> then I had eight other kids. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So uh, bedtime wedding is super duper common. Do not think there's anything wrong with your child or anything wrong with your potty training techniques. Um, under age seven, bedwetting is completely normal and even over age seven, but we're going to talk about some factors that can um, help eliminate that in the older ages. Okay, side note, we do have an episode all about potty training kids, and that's a really good one too. And we mentioned a little bit about bedwetting, so you can go listen to that too. But today we're doing a deep dive in it, into it. This is kind of one of our Got Kids episodes where, you know, kids with bad habits, we've talked about, oh, you know, those gross physical nose picking things that they do or interrupting or lying or the bad habits. But today is kind of more of a, a little bit, not a character flaw thing. It's kind of more about... Um, a physical stuff. And we're going to dive deep and share with you guys everything that we've learned about having kids that wet the bed because we have had this a few times. <laughs> so about age seven is about when kid, most kids outgrow it on their own. But even after that, um, some kids can still wet the bed. But usually by their teens, um, unless there's some other things going on wrong that we're going to talk about. Most kids are potty trained. But um, around seven, they're mostly potty trained at night. You might get a little accident here or there. And some just take a little longer than most. Some are earlier, some are later. So just keep that in mind. There's nothing wrong with your kid. They're just they're just learning. That's why it's called potty training. Yeah, and generally, who's the one being trained? 
mom. <laughs> no, 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 wait, wait, wait. <laughs> yeah, I know, exactly. That's what I thought first when I first heard about that that um, method of potty training where you do it with babies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And my a friend was telling me about that, and she admitted, she's like, well, mostly it's me being trained yeah. to take the child. Yeah, to, a to acknowledge the cues and pay attention to them for sure, yeah. So the question is, why do some kids continue to wet? That's probably what you're wondering if you have a bedwetter um, who is maybe older older than seven or just seems like, you know, they just keep dragging it on, right? Well, there's a couple of reasons that um, are of no concern at all. It just is how the kid is. One is just smaller bladders. If your kid gets potty trained really early on, two and a half or three, they're probably not going to be likely to sleep the entire night without wetting because they're very tiny, right? And they can't hold their, their urine all night long. Um, some kids are just deep sleepers. The ones that take forever to rouse in the morning are probably not going to pop their head up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom if necessary. Um, a kid with a history of UTIs, so urinary tract infections, can cause that as well. And uh, other developmental delays. So I have one uh, neurodivergent kid who wet her bed forever because that her brain was just slower to develop in all areas. And so those are all common reasons. Right. Doesn't a kid with seizures um, more often wet the bed because oh, the muscles are doing something different or am I wrong? Probably. That's my seizure kid too. So it makes sense. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So there are some less common, um, things that can be going on and these would be a cause for concern, like something that you would look into. Um, but you'll have other signs than just bedwetting, but some, some could be like diabetes, um, early type one diabetes, um, serious constipation can kind of mess with the whole bladder control thing, um, sleep apnea, other physiological problems. And then there is also um, some health things that can be going on with a kid. So for example, um, one thing I have discovered with a couple of my late bedwetters was a magnesium deficiency. And magnesium has to be taken in combination with calcium and zinc. Like those three have to be at the perfect um, ratios to each other in your body. So one of those gets off. Um, Another thing is an amino acid um, imbalance. So the taking, giving them an amino acid complex, um, a potassium sodium balance can really mess with muscle control. Um, and then vitamin A and E, these actually help normalize bladder muscle function. There are some herbs that really help if you give them, um, to the child before 3 PM. So parsley, plantain, oat straw, corn silk, there's more, um, give them before 3 p.m. And then B2 vitamins are are very important. Um, like you can get a lot of B2 from like bee pollen and there's other supplements you can give it, um, give them to help build that B2 and pentothenic acid. That's another one in the bee family. A food allergy can be another thing that can be causing some bedwetting. So there are some nutritional things to look at. And I'm going to share you guys um, with you guys where I get all my nutritional information, <laughs> like a bunch of it, is a book called The Prescription for Nutritional Healing. And I just have this one in my mom um, health section of our, of our little library. Um, because I I turn to it often to see, okay, well, what's, you know, what's going on. And I do prefer, you know, to try a vitamin thing first because it's just vitamins. It's not going to hurt them. They're, you know, they'll pee it out (laughs) literally. Probably all over your clean sheets. Exactly. Okay. There are other uh, risk factors for bedwetting in older childhood as well. And one of them is uh, family history. So if you were a late bedwetter or your husband or a sibling or a grandparent, that is more likely to happen as well. And I feel like in a family of our size, I'm sure somewhere in the family tree, there's somebody who peed their bed at age 10. And so it's probably going to happen to one of our kids, right? 
Um, in doing this research for this episode, we found out that ADHD is also a risk, a risk factor, as is uh, extra stra- stress or anxiety in the child's life. You've probably noticed that anytime there's a major change or tr- kind of traumatic event in a child's life, they can revert to bedwetting, which is quite common, right? You move or they change schools or um, a pet dies or something that is a little bit stressful um, and worries the kid and, and bedwetting can come up. Yeah, we have had that happen, a big cross-country move, and then suddenly you have a kid that was potty trained, not potty trained anymore. That's totally a thing. Um, We have had two late bedwetters, um, so far so like up till the age of 10, and what we're going to talk about next is what to do about it, but um, there's a lot, like Bonnie and I have a lot of experience with this because we've had kids that have wet the bed later, and all the things that you go through to kind of help the kid not only stop wetting the bed, but to like feel better about themselves as a person because they know that this is something unusual. So um, yeah, we've had two kids that are later bedwetters, and um, certainly they don't... (laughs) You know, we didn't do it where they peed the bed every night. We just got them the, the larger good night pull-up thing so that they could be, you know, not in a wet bed when they woke up and that kind of thing. Yeah, there's also um, history of bedwetting in um, our family's history as well. I'm sure every family has it. But then, like, those things that I mentioned, like some of those deficiencies can also kind of run in a family as well. And so that is, you know, like once, once you clear up, say, a magnesium deficiency, it, what can look like hereditary can actually just be a common deficiency in a family. Like if you live in a certain area, for example, the area we live in um, has a selenium deficiency in the soil and basically everybody here is selenium deficient. So it's kind of, kind of other things to keep in mind as well. Yeah. That's so interesting, right? That family history also just happens to mean that you have the same, you know, genetics for nutritional deficiencies or you live in the same area. Super interesting. Um, So I'm glad you, you mentioned um, just kind of being gentle with the child. I've noticed Um, just how traumatic it can be for a child to wet the bed, especially if they thought they were potty trained and they've had a fluke accident or kind of a a regression there. So our number one tip for how to deal with it is to just be super considerate of your child, right? In my early years of motherhood, I did plenty of ranting and raving when I woke up to yet another peed bed that I had to change. But then I realized, who is this hurting? This is not hurting me nearly as much as it is them. They are the ones that are stressed out and worried and embarrassed and anxious, especially as they get older and older and older. So that's the first tip is you really consider of your child's feelings and their own embarrassment. Yes, that is so true because the older kids know that they, quotes, shouldn't be wetting the bed and they can be very sensitive to this idea. Like it is around, you know, those later preteen years that they're just like so sensitive to not being babyish and nobody considering them babyish. But then they've got this thing going on, especially if they have a younger sibling that's in diapers, you know, they can be like, oh, me and the baby are in diapers at night, you know, that kind of thing. And it'd be so heartbreaking. So definitely, I always made sure to tell my kids that were late bedwetters, this is not your fault. We just haven't figured out exactly what's going on with you, but we know that this isn't your fault. This doesn't mean anything about you as a person. Yeah. And my late bedwetters, because all of our kids are just two years apart, they all had kids, siblings underneath them who were potty trained at night. And that was also extra embarrassing. Oh, the kid younger than me doesn't wet the bed, but I do. So um, it might take a couple of really uh, sweet, loving talks with them to say, yeah, like you said, this isn't your fault. There's there's really so little that we can do about it until your body just figures it out, but we're going to do everything we can and explain to them the potential deficiencies in vitamins, help them you know, take make sure they have a good diet, all those things. So, And of course, because it is something that they can't 
cognitively control, right? When you're asleep, you're asleep. You can't really control whether or not you wake up or not. It can be super frustrating for them and cause some tears and some stress. I still remember, here's a a TMI moment. I still remember trying to train myself to not wet the bed and having a dream that I got up to go to the bathroom and then I wet my bed in my dream. And it like traumatized me because I thought, oh no, I'm not supposed to do this. You know, I was this really kind of type A kid, like a, you know, you wake up, you go to the bathroom if you have to go. And I was mad because I felt like my brain tricked me. But just be considerate of how much stress they're already feeling, um, even if they don't show it and be really considerate. I think every person has a dream like that at some point in their life, don't you? <laughs> And you know what? That is another thing that we can um, share with our kids is like this love and this mercy, this compassion is just like, hey, guess what? I know so-and-so struggled with this or I personally struggled with this or, you know, whatever. So that you're not alone is kind of something that is really helpful. Um, And then discretion, like we do not talk about it in front of anybody else because it's something that's so sensitive and so, so tender um, with them. And so obviously have discretion. I I don't know. Like it feels dumb even saying that, but like it, when it does become like at the forefront of your brain and of their brain and you just gotta, you gotta be careful in how you handle it. Yeah. I would say, especially watch out and be aware of this problem when you're sleeping in unfamiliar places. So usually you, you know, at least I try to pack appropriately when we travel or we're going to a family reunion or we're camping or something, but um, be aware that they're going to be extra stressed out about it too because they're in this unfamiliar place. And maybe there's someone around that might notice that they're wearing a full up to bed or that they had to um, clean up their own sheets or something like that. You might also want to have a conversation with where the person that is hosting you wherever you're staying. So if you're staying with friends or grandma or something, have a very private conversation with the host later on. Hey, we're still dealing with this. If this becomes an issue, I will happily take the sheets and take care of them. Please just be discreet as well. <laughs> that could be really helpful for the child. Yeah, we don't do sleepovers either, but usually there's like, you know, six kids piled in a bed and you don't even have to let them know which one went to bed. You know, if it's a, a person or a situation where you know there's not going to be discretion involved. Just there like, you oh, go. One of the kids went to bed. <laughs> there's a whole bunch of who knows who it was. <laughs> <laughs> one of them. It's fine. <laughs> Okay. Tip number two is be patient. You guys, this is really hard. This is, this is like, we have to get a control on this on ourselves. Like they're not doing this on purpose. It's likely a combination of all the innocuous reasons that we mentioned and no cause for concern. But as parent, as moms, like that's our worry mechanism goes into overdrive and we're like, we got to figure this out. And we got to, you know, why am I, and then we'll even start doing this dumb stuff like taking on, oh, I must be a bad parent because my kid's still, what's the bad, you know, that's not helping our kids at all. Just be patient with yourself, be patient with your kids so that you can teach them to be patient with themselves. Yes. And that reminds me that in my early motherhood years, I remember thinking, well, if I put a pull up on them, then it's like me giving in and saying, go ahead and just pee. (laughs) That's not what I was doing. What I was doing when I actually prepared was making life easier on myself. For many years, I was like, well, no, they're just going to go to bed in underwear so that they can feel it when they start to pee. And then I just had to change sheets every single night. So do whatever it takes to make your job easier and also to allow them to feel comfortable. I I really feel that it adds extra stress to their nighttime routine if they know they're going to be going to bed in underwear and they've had a consistent problem with wetting the bed. So get pull-ups or diapers, whatever it takes. Um, there are also absorbent underwear and pajamas available now that are really discreet and, and good for those older bedwetters. Make sure you always have a mattress protector underneath the sheets or even over the sheets so that you only have to wash one thing and just don't make it a big deal so that you don't have to, you know, 
have all this drama when it's time to clean everything up in the morning. And we promise they will grow out of it eventually. Um, if you do have concerns and you and you don't see any of these kind of innocent reasons for it and you're wondering why it's still happening, feel free to take your child to a doctor and see if they have any suggestions for you. But for the most part, they grow out of it with no lasting issues. Yeah, exactly. So that patience is key. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Project Run and Play. Do you enjoy sewing or do you want to learn how? Project Run and Play is the place to go for sewing inspiration, tutorials, ideas, and fun. Yes, Project Run and Play is a sewing community that focuses on the collaboration of sewing challenges. And it's actually where Audrey and I met, I think. <laughs> Run by four sewing experts, one of whom is Audrey, Project Run and Play focuses on helping people learn and continue to sew. It is where we met. Wasn't that fun? So fun. <laughs> Whether it's participating in a sewing challenge or learning to sew using their many patterns and tutorials, this welcoming community has room for you. There's always something going on to inspire you to build your sewing skills. Head over to the Project Run and Play shop for the best, most comprehensive sewing patterns, and there's even some free ones available. And be sure to make the Project Run and Play site your go-to source for tutorials, challenges, and inspiration. Okay, so now we're going to talk about some tactical tips, what you can actually do to kind of set them up for success. Not going to work every time. I mean, we've been talking a lot about pull-ups or those, you know, those larger goodnight diapers. Just just set them up for success with those too. Um, and then like you can congratulate them and have a good reward or something when they do wake up in the morning and they're dry. Um, but you have, with well, the pull-up is dry or the good night diaper is dry, but you haven't, you know, gone through the whole wet sheet thing again. Okay. So here's an obvious one. Limit liquids later in the day or after supper, or there's also diuretics. So things that create more urine, for example, caffeine is a major diuretic. Um, you're thinking, oh, I'm not giving my kid caffeine, but what about like chocolate that's got a little caffeine in it, right? <laughs> and then limiting fluids after dinner can help a lot. The thing you have to know about this is that you have to do it in such a way that they, if they're younger, they don't realize that you're limiting their fluids. Because if you start limiting fluids and you're like, no, you can't have a no drink, then they're going to be able to think about drinks. And that's all. The only thing in their world will be water at that point, which you are not letting them have. That is so true. Have you ever tried to do that when I'm pregnant? I'm like, no, no drinking after six o'clock. And then it's like, I'm walking through the Sahara, right? I'm so <laughs> thirsty. I'm going to die. Right. Right. Be, be just kind of secretive about it. You know, just, just hide the sippy cup, give them a little sip before bed, but don't give them a full cup of water. Right. Uh, right. And don't give them a bunch of salty popcorn or something right. that's going to make them want. And, and sugar. When my kids have sugar, they get extra thirsty too in the evening. So that's a good point. So yeah. If you, note these little things. Right. If you want to have dessert or something, try it earlier in the afternoon so that they can drink it and, and then have dinner and, and be ready for bed. Oh, I love that you mentioned, um, you know, encouraging them to have a dry pull up or, or diaper or whatever they're wearing. Um, my older bedwetters have just promise me the moon, sky, and stars. Oh, just, I don't need a pull-up tonight. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. But we just always say, okay, give me three nights of dry pull-up and then we'll try again, right? So that we don't always have to be cleaning the mess. That's a good tip. Um, and then of course, have the child use the bathroom right before bed. I know this is common sense, but how many times have I gone to bed and woke up in the morning and thought, did I even make sure that they went to the bathroom? No, I didn't. Especially the older kids. I'm not asking my eight or nine-year-old when they went to the bathroom last. I just assume they go brush teeth, go to the bathroom. But that's kind of a higher order thinking, right? Especially if you don't have to go. If the child's like, oh, no, I don't have to go. Just try. Sit there. See what comes out. And you will be that much more prepared to go to sleep all night long and not get interrupted. 
Yeah, totally. Um, like make it part of your bedtime routine. So when you go to, when everybody's in bed and you go to that child to, before you, whatever, you know, read them a story or rub their back or whatever they like, have them go to the bathroom one last time. And if like, they feel like they can't go, just turn on the tap a little bit and have the sound of running water. (laughs) That almost always elicits a little more. (laughs) But remember, we're talking about older kids here because younger kids, it's just basically a size of their bladder thing. Okay. Here's another tip. Try keeping a calendar of when the child wets the bed and then start start problem solving from there. Was it an unusual or a stressful occurrence on that day? Is there, maybe um, you're noticing other signs of a food allergy. So start tracking if bedwetting is tied with food allergy things. Think about what they ate that day. Did they have a lot of extra sugar? Was there a bunch of carbs? You know, um, try those things to see if you can problem solve a little bit and keep a calendar. Yeah. And then if you, if you can see patterns, even if they're things that you can't eliminate, like maybe it's every time they go back to school on Monday or something, you can at least be a little more prepared that day. <laughs> that's the day they wear the pull-up because that's the day that usually happens. It is so interesting to me whenever I keep track of things, really anything that my kid is struggling with, how often there is a pattern to it. And I don't, I don't think our brains and bodies um, do things randomly. You know, There's always a reason, obviously. So that's a great tip. Yeah, especially those of us with a lot of kids. It's hard to track which kid did what. And so just, you know, it's just helpful to everybody. Right. And in your mind, you might be thinking, gosh, he's wetting the bed all the time. Then you look at the calendar and realize, oh, it's actually only been about once a quarter. That's doable. We can deal with that, right? Um, Another tip is to work on getting your child on a super regular and predictable sleep schedule and routine. So that looks like starting to get ready for bed every night at the same time, going through the same habits, right? First it's pajamas, then it's brush teeth, then it's go to the bathroom, then it's a story, whatever you want to do. Uh, ensure there are no screens before bed, other regular habits that are going to make their sleep a lot better. Um, make sure they have a quiet, comfortable, and and uh, dark sleep atmosphere. So in our research, what we learned was just that the better the quality of sleep, the more likely they are to not wet the bed, which is interesting. I would have thought that if you have great quality sleep, you sleep deeper and maybe you'd be more likely to wet, but that's not what the research says. Research says good pre-bedtime routines and good sleep environment means that they're less likely to wet. Okay. Here's another tip. If you guys are going to try some of those things that I suggested above, like some of those um, herbs or minerals or vitamins, just try one at a time. <laughs> Me, I kind of, I kind of tend to be like, okay, we're going to throw in like five new things, and then I never know which one it was that worked, and so I have to keep doing all five things. <laughs> yeah, that's another great thing to put on your calendar, right? Like, okay, we added in B two this week, and we did that all all week long, and then and we didn't see any improvement. Next week, we're going to add in something else, right? Right, exactly. And then another thing is there are like mechanical um, things that are out there. Some I'm pretty sure are scams, but some are real like, and they might work for your kid. So like um, the little alarm that'll shake the bed whenever they sense moisture, like that's that's kind of training the kid to wake up. So there's more things like that that are out there that are actually made because bedwetting isn't, like we said, it's not an unusual thing. It ha- it's it's a thing. People, people wet the beds. <laughs> Okay. So guys, this is one of those parenting things that you just have to let go of the, a lot of the things that are going to cause stress and bring, make the situation worse. So your frustration, your impatience, your feelings of inadequacy, because remember your kid is struggling with all those. And this situation is really about them (laughs) and not about you. And so figure out what annoys you the most about it. Having to do extra laundry, well, then make sure they're wearing a pull-up and you don't have to do the extra laundry thing, right? Um, just having a kid that's not potty trained, 
that's, you know, eight or nine or 10. Well, is that a pride thing? Maybe that's something that you could work on. So all these other things, like what can you do to remove yourself from the equation or at least the negative things that are causing the situation to be worse that are coming from yourself? Because I'm talking from experience here. I'm not like preaching at you. I'm saying like, <laughs> you've got to figure out what it is in yourself that's making the situation harder. And then, um, then you can be a help to your kid. Like you can start getting into solution space. Okay, let's try. Um, I'll link the supplement that I actually specifically used with my kids um, that Actually, you'll know almost right away if it is, um, say, a magnesium deficiency. I started my kids on CalMeg Zinc supplement, and within three days, there was no bedwetting, like, ever again, right? So <laughs> that it sounds dramatic, but, but it really is. It, a deficiency is kind of easy to clear up and fix the solution. So um, you can get into solution space once you remove all of your negative thoughts and your negative energy and your negative self from the equation. And this is something you can overcome. Just remember, it's one of those parenting things that your kid's not going to be doing forever. And if, if they are, they'll move out and manage it themselves. I mean, there's a, <laughs> there's an age where they're going to take over them themselves, but you know, let's how, one thing I always think about is like, how are my kids that are later bedwetters going to look back on how I handled it as a mom, how I made them feel, because that's really what kids remember the most it's what I remember the most about my childhood is how I was made to feel. And so my goal, once I kind of figured out that I was not helping my kid feel better when they were already in a situation of feeling bad, was just to help my kids um, be empowered and feel better through a whole situation that was just not, not ideal. Yes, such great tips. And you know, I find that the vast majority of my suffering in life, especially in parenting, comes from when I wish things were different than reality, when I can't accept reality. And the reality is you might have a child who wets the bed until they're 10 or 11. You might have a child who wets the bed every single night and drives you crazy. If you can just embrace it, like sometimes I just tell myself, what if this was just going to happen forever? What if I knew my kid had a special need and he was never going to be potty trained at night? Where would we go from here? And to just confidently head in that direction. And then when he does get potty trained, which most of them do eventually, unless there's serious, serious issues, then, oh, pleasant surprise. Look, we don't have to deal with that anymore, right? But just constantly going, oh, I wish, oh, I wish. And we actually don't deal with a lot of nighttime bedwetting anymore because, um, I don't know, my younger kids haven't had that problem. But when it does come up, I noticed how frustrated I get because it's been a while since I've dealt with it. So uh, just acknowledge that all the suffering in the world comes from resisting reality. This is your reality. Just confidently move forward and everything's going to be fine. My final tip is to make sure that you minimize disruption to their sleep if they do wake up wet. So very often your kid will wake up in the middle of the night, come say, oh, I wet my bed and they're crying and they're upset. Um, help them change quickly and put them to bed somewhere else. That's my best tip. Do not shower them. Do not strip the bed. It's just better for everybody. I mean, if they're sopping wet and they can't be in peace, okay, you might have to throw them in the shower. But in my experience, the the little, you know, the least amount of disruption you can do to both of your sleep schedules, the better it's going to be in the next day and everybody can and deal with it in the morning. Yeah, that's that is such a good tip. Um, it, it's just going to be usually a couple hours until um, morning and they'll get cleaned up. They're not going to get a rash from a couple hours of finishing the night. So yeah, good thoughts. Okay, friends, we hope this was helpful for you. You are not alone. So many kids deal with this. Reach out to us on Instagram if you have any other questions or want more tips and uh, good luck with those bedwetters. We'll talk to you next week. I'm Bonnie. I'm Audrey and we're outnumbered. Thanks for listening, friends. Click the link in the show notes to subscribe to our email and never miss another episode. 
Show us some love by leaving a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with a friend. Thanks for all your support. We'll talk to you next week. Have you heard of pajamas? Have you seen those ads? I have not, but Google is listening and probably going to send me all the pajama ads. <laughs> They're really cool. They're just super duper absorbent pajamas. Yeah. Even fun. though I don't have a bedwetter right now. <laughs> but you, yeah, okay. you're going to get them all now. <laughs> yeah.